Two Geeks, Two Beers podcast. Nerdy obsessions, drunken ramblings with Morgan Jeffrey and Tom Eames. David McCallum and Joanna Lumley are back from the future in one of the most original fantasy thrillers ever seen. When menacing forces break through the time barrier, Sapphire and Steel are there. There is a time break. They are detectives from another dimension. That's interesting. Their mission is to destroy the alien intruders. Well, somebody has to. Regain control of the present. Oh, fascinating. And restore the barriers of time. It's all very significant. It is a fantasy series of uncommon originality. Yes, it was. David McCallum and Joanna Lumley are Sapphire and Steel. All beers will be consumed by the forces controlling this podcast. Heavyweights in the podcast world are busy, but moderately successful podcast hosts are available. Tom and Morgan have been assigned. Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Two Geeks, Two Beers, the podcast equivalent of arriving home after a night at the pub and falling down a Wikipedia hole until three in the morning. <laughs> I'm Morgan, Tom's over there. Hello. And something from the past is about to break into the present as we look back on the classic cult series, Sapphire and Steel. Tom, I'm sure you're well across this one, right? Yeah. Yeah, big fan? Um, I like Joanna Lumley. <laughs> okay. You know she's in it. I know she's in it. Star? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know nothing else. Okay, okay. When I saw you that you put this out... Um, yeah. yeah, often, often this is this is how well it's how you uh, felt with Tiny Tunes, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is um, how well organised this podcast is, and how well we communicate. Often, uh, the <laughs> just, other just the, go rogue. Yeah, it's just the other one won't know what we're doing <laughs> until we put out a call on social media. Being anyone got any memories? Any 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 thoughts about this? Um, like, I haven't. No, I, no, I don't. Yeah. No, um, but I I saw Sapphire and Steel, and I'm I'm thinking that I'm singing the Sharky and George theme tune. Sapphire and, and Steel. Steel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's all, that's all I've got. That's all you've got to offer. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to being taught about it. It's, it's exciting. That is the point. Yeah, that's the point of this podcast. If you if you knew everything about Sapphire and Steel... Boring. Just go to the pub. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. So Sapphire and Steel was a, <laughs> was a British sci-fi fantasy series with a supernatural slant. It ran for 34 episodes, each lasting around 25 minutes, yeah, nice. uh, airing between the 10th of July, 1979, and the 31st of August, 1982 on ITV. Now, obviously, I'm not quite old enough to have watched this one on original transmission, but it's a show that's well-regarded mm-hmm. in cult TV circles. Uh, so I first watched it, maybe, I, I actually can't remember when I watched it, <laughs> um, but I, I think about 10, maybe 15 years ago. But I, I, you know, it may be 10 years ago in the same way that I think 1990 is still 10 years ago. Yeah, um, fucking pro- isn't. It, it fucking is. <laughs> it's probably, I think it's about 15 years ago I, fir- I first okay. watched Sapphire and Steel. Why did you watch it? Well, because it's well regarded in cult TV circles. But was I, it on telly? Or no, you- no, no. I, I just, I'd, I'd heard a lot about it. It was, it was kind of held up as, as a, you know, one of the great shows from you know, from the, the history of, of mm. cult television. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll make an effort to watch this one. Um, I think I, I think I might have watched it online. Oh, yeah, I mean. Yeah. 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 It, 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 in my defense. It wasn't available anymore. Streaming services were, yeah, not, yeah. were not what they were. Is it available? Or not, they are, not what they are now, rather. And, uh, and uh, I was very poor, so I couldn't afford the DVD. So it's, it's fine. Look, look, I'm doing a whole podcast promoting it now. Yeah, well, what more do you want? What more do you want? Yeah. Back off. Yeah. yeah. Joanna. <laughs> Lumley's in touch. Lumley's lawyers. Um, <laughs> Lumley's lawyers. Lum, Lumley's lawyers. Like Sheila's wheels. 
<laughs> Sheila's wheels. That in itself is is a very like that. That's a, that, that dates. You. Is that still a thing? No. I, well, I don't, I don't uh, know. Is it? I don't know. She was offensive somehow. But she, yeah. she, Sheila's wheels. Um, so even though it's clearly of its time, we're talking about Sapphire and Steel, and <laughs> not Sheila's wheels. Uh, even though it's clearly of its time, which is the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. And although even for that time, uh, it was produced on a very low budget. Uh, I would say Saffron Steel still has a, a sense of atmosphere and spookiness that stands oh, up. Spookiness. Oh, oh. Okay. Just you wait. Right. So coming up, how a night in a haunted castle led to classic cult TV. Mm-hmm. Why a Sapphire and Steel reboot never happened? And were they really just making this stuff up as they went along? Like Lost. Well, yeah. I think I think the answer is yes. Okay. In both cases. So. The series was created by Peter J. Hammond, sometimes credited as P.J. Hammond, who had previously written 13 episodes of ITV's fantasy children's show, Ace of Wands, uh, between 1971 and 1972. Hammond also wrote a script for Doctor Who in 1986, uh, but his story was rejected by producer John Nathan Turner, although he did eventually write two episodes of the spin-off series Torchwood, air- airing in uh, 2006 and 2008. It's quite a comeback. It was like 20 yeah. years. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Got there in the end. Well, I think by that time... Again, he was kind of held up as this, you know, this legend of cult TV. Sapphire and Steel, for God's sake. Yeah, God, God, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so Pamela Lonsdale, uh, who was the producer on Ace of Wands, she asked Hammond to come up with an idea for a new series for the same audience, so uh, children's audience. Um, after, after a stay in an allegedly haunted castle, Hammond conceived a program with the working title of The Time Menders, hmm. uh, and it was originally envisioned as a program aimed at a younger audience, so more along the lines of Doctor Who or The Tomorrow People. But the final product uh, was aimed at an older audience. Now, there's a few reasons that have been suggested uh, for this. One is that given the level of supernatural scares, uh, Executive producer David Reed, who was reportedly so troubled by the con- concept of the show that it gave him nightmares, uh, he decided it would better suit an early evening slot. Uh, but it's also been suggested that spiralling production costs made it impractical to produce as a children's show, partly due to signing two big names to play the title characters. See, you've intrigued me because I thought Sapphire and Steel was just, uh, you know, a classic, but yeah. a run-of-the-mill, like, what? Uh, right, what? a cop drama I thought I, oh. thought, I thought I genuinely thought it was yeah. like a, like he, like he's like Jack Steele and she's yeah. like and she's like I thought it was just a crime <laughs> she, cop she, thing she's like Sarah Sapphire so now you're saying it's all like supernatural and scary and ghost watch style I'd be, I'd be like oh you thought, I, you, you thought it was a cop yeah, drama all this. this time I thought it was like um Dempsey and Makepeace yes thank you <laughs> thank you Dempsey and Makepeace I thought it was that thank you you read my mind Dempsey and like. Ma- Oh, I'm going to have to edit uh, this out because I can't yeah, remember it. Yeah. No, you remembered it. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. Not, so not that at all. Uh, Dempsey and Makepeace have been assigned. I would love that. Yeah. No. Cagney and Lacey have been assigned. No. Um, so <laughs> David McCallum uh, yes. played Steel. So McCallum, who is now known to US audiences um, for his 20-year-long stint on NCIS. Yeah. You feel like David's now just like this is my retirement. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to pop up in yeah. the old episode of NCIS yeah. uh, and, and make a killing. Uh, but at, at this time, he was best known for playing the secret agent Ilya Kuryakin uh, in TV series, The Man from Uncle uh, from 1964 to 1968. Did you know what else he was known for? Well, I, yes, because you, you dropped this bombshell on me <laughs> at, at, at the pub or we were wow. having a few beers beforehand. I did not know this though when um, prior to this. So in the 70s, yeah. right? It was quite common yeah. for like 
TV drama stars yeah. to have their own music careers. Yeah. Yeah, Telly Savala's number one in the UK with If, his cover of a bread classic, but him just talking. Spoken word classic. Um, and then you had David Soul had a, a few hits. So when you said to me about this, I was like, are you sure you don't mean David <laughs> Soul? Sure? You definitely mean David McCallum. But this is a weird one. So David McCallum, yeah. he released several albums in the 70s. This is mad madness but, to but me. But he teamed up with a guy called David Axelrod. Right. And he, he didn't sing necessarily. He right. sort of produced great brilliant like um genuinely good like instrumental stuff oh wow one of which was a song called the edge right which was later sampled yeah by dr dre and snoop dogg what so you know the next episode down 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 that's that's david mccallum are you that is that is i'll play it to you now incredible yeah that is the We've like we we we've been smashing facts on this podcast for a long time. That is the best fact smash <laughs> of all time. Look at this. That's incredible. Ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I mean, there's no video attached to it, so you're just listening to it. But this is David McCallum with David. I feel, I feel like Axelrod's probably doing all the effort here, but I, I don't know. This came out in the 70s in his own album, uh, music. It was called "A Bit More of Me." So he released several albums. And this is it. Wow. This is the original. This is fascinating. Yeah. Na 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 na. Yeah. It's the motherfucking steel and sapphire. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, this is it. Track it down. Great. But like, obviously, the next episode is brilliant. Yeah. But this is cracking. I. So, so years ago, I yeah. interviewed David McCallum. Ah. And I, I got to. Um, I asked him about, it was about NCIS. I, he was promoting NCIS. And I'm sure I talked about Sapphire and Steel. Should have brought this up. Uh, if I'd known, <laughs> I would, I'm now annoyed. But listen to this. This is pure 70s brilliance, in my opinion. But I love the idea that one day, Dr. Dre was just <laughs> going through his record collection, found this. It's like, wow, David McCallum's got some beats. It's the motherfucking David MC. Yeah. Yeah. Describe the, the cover of his album there. It's David McCallum just looking, he's sort of like looking a bit loose, um, looking very much like he does in Sapphire and Steel. Yeah. Just kind of like leaning. It's great. Wow. There you go. I, genu I genuinely, <laughs> you know, often, often we talk about things in this podcast and we're like, yeah, I'll look into that. We won't. <laughs> I genuinely am going to go home and listen to more. Oh, yeah. No, when you said that and I realised in the pub before and yeah. I realised you didn't know it, it's like, oh, can't fucking wait to bring out this fact. Can't wait. <laughs> I'm going to fucking smash this uh, fact. <laughs> well. Yeah, track, track down the full album. Really good. Oh, mind-blowing. Yeah. No, I, don't, I don't know what he did. <laughs> no, right. I don't know if it's one of those things where he just put his name to it yeah. like Baz Luhrmann did with the sunscreen song. Yeah. He didn't actually do anything. Or yeah. if he was... Fucking, you know, fully involved. I, yeah. If if anyone knows what the kind of like labour split yeah. was between Axelrod, McCallum and Axelrod, <laughs> which is what they should have put it out as McCallum and Axelrod, like a uh, McCalmont and Butler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> uh, paired with, paired with David McCallum was uh, uh, was Joanna Lumley. Joanna Lumley. Yes, correct. Um, playing playing Sapphire. So she had done the Avengers at this point. So this was her first oh, lead okay. TV role following her breakthrough as Purdy in The New Avengers, which aired from 1976 to 1977. So she obviously... Been a Bond girl. She'd been around. She'd been on a Majesty's Secret Service, but yeah. New Avengers was like the thing that like made her a star. The first thing she did after that, or the first lead role in a TV show, was Sapphire and Steel. Shall we watch the opening titles? Yes. We yes. Yeah. 
irregularities will be handled by the... I understand what you were doing. That's what I was doing. dimension. Transuranic heavy elements may not be used where there is life. Medium atomic weights are available. Gold, lead, copper... <laughs> the way you said, gold, lead, radium, copper, if you want sapphire, that as well. Silver and steel. Who's been assigned? Sapphire and steel have been assigned. Thanks. Wow. So, the, all animation, no... They didn't appear in the intro. No, their names do. Yeah, but it's all just 1979 graphics. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, st- I still have no idea what this program was about. No, well, we will get into it. That doesn't give away anything. No, it really doesn't. If anything, makes it yeah. worse, more Weird. confusing. Okay. So, uh, in the uh, sixth and final story, Sapphire and Steel, lead in the opening titles was replaced with mercury. Oh. Uh, PJ Hammond, who, who created the show, he didn't know why. He said in a 1993 interview that it must have been down to a producer's whim. So no one, no one knows why that a bit happened. Bit weird. Yeah. Or uh, lead. <laughs> so the justice for lead. The the sapphire and steel uh, theme and the show's score was composed. Was that a theme? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bam 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 okay. bam. Are you joking? I know. I know. It's no uh, David McCallum's next episode, but it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the show's theme was composed by uh, Cyril. Ornadell, um, though he did compose other scores for television, Ornadell was best known for his work in musical theatre, and he co-wrote the song "Portrait of My Love," uh, which won an Ivor Novello Award after being released as a single by Matt Monroe in 1960. Another Bond link. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, right, what is what is Sapphire and Steel yeah, about? Please tell me. It's not a cop show, or at least not a traditional cop show. So, the show centres on the eponymous Sapphire and Steel mm. elements that assume human form. El- oh. And are sent to investigate strange events. What do you mean? El- I, I know. What do you mean, though? <laughs> well, I'll explain. I'll explain. Yeah? Well, sort of. Um, they're elements that have taken human form. Um, although anyone who knows anything about chemistry will know that sapphire, neither sapphire nor steel are elements. No. But don't worry about it. Okay. They're elements that have taken human form. All right. So very little is revealed about the origins or motivations oh, of don't sapphire worry and steel. Don't worry about it. Just- <laughs> So each adventure starts with them simply showing up, seemingly out of nowhere, or sometimes they are already present when the story begins. They're just sort of there. And they just happen to look like beautiful people. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, may- maybe they get to pick what they look like. And if, if it was the 70s... David McCallum and Joanna Lumley. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Steele does at one point refer to him and Sapphire as extraterrestrial. Though PJ Hammond said he would not agree with the word alien to describe them uh, because it has a hostile ring to it, uh, insisting that the characters are best described as supernatural do-gooders. <laughs> do-gooders. So they just, they're supernatural, they turn up, <sighs> they, just, they investigate stuff. Yeah, just let them get on with it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, Hammond had said that while Sapphire and Steel are more than mere mortals, they are still mortal-shaped and to a degree mortal-minded. Uh, at one point in the series, Steel admits feeling love for Sapphire, even kissing her on the cheek. Mm -hmm. Oh, cheeky. Um, Literally. (laughs) Though each of the show's stories take place in the present day, Sapphire and Steel uh, mention being present at events from Earth's history. Uh, However, they cannot travel in time. That's that's not clarified in the show. They just, they talk about like having been around... um, They just live forever. Yeah, when the Mary Celeste went missing. But according to Hammond, it's because they have been around for centuries. They kind of live through time rather than traveling. Traveling through time. Okay. Sapphire and Steel's mission is to protect... Uh, we've had a couple of years, but, but, but stick with me. Okay. okay. 
Sapphire and Steel's mission is to protect the natural flow of time. Okay. Time in the series is implied to be a malignant force which can break into the present through weak spots. What does that mean? Well, time is time is evil. It's like a force. Time like a, is evil. Time is <laughs> time is like an evil force that can break into the present and fuck shit up. Like what though? Well, I'll, I'll explain. Okay. So I'm intrigued. Break, break. This is not. This is not what you thought it was. No, not at all. I thought. I thought it was just two people in the eighties just sort of fighting crime <laughs> in the streets of New York and just sort of. Yeah, Jack Steele and Sarah Sapphire yeah. solving solving crimes. Yeah, but no uh, elements no. and shit. Okay. Yeah. So breaks in time are most often triggered by the presence of something old in a modern situation. For example, a house decorated with antiques. Okay. So holding on to something from the past allows time to break into the present. So if I've got a load of Gary Newman records in my yeah. house, I'm uh, fucked. You're, yeah, you're in trouble. But what counts as old? I, I don't. I, they never qualify. I don't think it's like if something's from like five years ago. I think you're probably okay. But if you've got like, oh, my lovely vase from you know the 1860s, oh. Time will use that against you. Yeah, exactly. Like, fuck it, fuck it. And up. I think, I think like the more vases you have, <laughs> the more... just get rid of your vases. So, but, but if you, so if you've got like you know one Gary Newman LP, yeah. one vinyl, probably fine. How many do you have? A good like twenty. To yeah, 30. you're probably in trouble. Ah, oh, fuck. Sapphire and Steel have been assigned. Shit. Yeah. Uh, so the theme of the show is that the past should be left behind. Progress is quite literally the way forward. So you throw everything away from the past. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. the th- that's the theme. So, get rid of the Colosseum. <laughs> no, no, Mona no, Lisa. No, no. I think I think that I think that's okay because that's just like something from the past. But if you have something from the past in a modern context, oh right. Although actually, I'm saying that. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe like so all museums are fucked because yeah. it's a modern building. Do you know what? They never did a story in a museum. Why it's like they? that's got to be the yeah. Yeah. Surely, it, like idiots. I don't think they get a pass. No. PJ, like, what are you we'll, thinking? We'll allow a museum because obviously they're going to hold old stuff. But if it is in your own house and you've got a really yeah. old painting, yeah, why is it there? Been... Yeah, well, you've called them out. You've made that. You've made them look. I've made them look really silly. <laughs> really silly. Yeah. <laughs> so if a break in time occurs and intervention is warranted, operators, so sapphire and steel, okay. are assigned to deal with the problem by a mysterious unseen authority. Uh, there are 127 operators in total. Uh, but Sapphire and Steel are the ones that, that follow <laughs> Sorry. the show. How yeah. did this get commissions? As a, as a, what I mean is, I'm sure it's really good, but yeah. how does someone sit someone down in a yeah. room yeah. and explain all this? Yeah. To the point where they go, yeah. Yeah. Should, should we commission it and spend loads of money on it? Because it, I'm sure it's great. Yeah. But to convince someone... I agree. No, good... I agree. I think, it was, I think it was a different time where they're like... So look, there's time is evil. Yeah, <laughs> we need operators to come to to fix things and don't have anything old because <laughs> what? Yeah, just just go along with it. It's fine. As soon as we like put it, as soon as we film it, it will look great. Just just trust us. What about Lumley's in it? And it's what about museums? Don't worry about it. Ah, don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, it's just fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But all all of these sci-fi trappings are really just an excuse to tell eerie supernatural tales with the feel of a ghost. Okay, so it's more. Supernatural than sci-fi, definitely. Okay. I would say it's 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 supernatural um, posing as as sci-fi. It's kind of like it's got the Doctor Who, yeah, feel. It's it's like spooky ghost stories, but they make up a load of sci-fi gumph okay. to to explain it. All right. Um, in the show, Sapphire, Joanna Lumley's character, is portrayed as more affable and human than the no-nonsense 
grim steel. Uh, but both are primarily concerned with fixing the break in time, sometimes over and above protecting the humans caught up in the chaos. So it's it's, it's like the Avengers thing, where because yeah. the the man in the Avengers is always a bit more like John Steed, um, aloof and uh, uh, calm, whereas she had a bit more emotion, I assume. <laughs> or they both the same. I, I think we should do an episode on the Avengers. I, I've, I've never, never really watched the Avengers. I've, I've just seen the intro. No, he's he, he, they're, they're both like having a laugh in the Avengers. Oh, they're having a laugh. Yeah, so yeah. not stoic at all. No, not really. Oh, okay. Because like uh, the, like, the intro makes it look like he is just like I've got a fucking umbrella. I was going to say, are, are you basing this entirely on the fact yeah. that he's, he's and wearing? She, like a, and she's there going. Whereas, yeah, yeah, I, I feel like I've been uh, uh, made a fool out of by the intro. Where that's not the case at all, apparently. <laughs> Oh, five minutes ago, you were making a fool of PJ Hammond. Now, look, it's, it's turned back Just on. Just so I know, is the new Avengers in the same canon as the Avengers? It's a sequel to the Avengers. But in the same timeline and everything. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah, definitely yeah. the Avengers. Yeah, we were, yeah. Uma Thurman as well. <laughs> that's that's your first, you know, touching cultural... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Point. Yeah, Uma Thurman. Yeah, yeah, okay. we, yeah we definitely should. You are, you are crying out for education on the Avengers. The, the, the OG Avengers. Yeah. 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 Um, right, so... Okay. I think, I think I'm following. Yeah, all right. So Sapphire and Steel each have different abilities. Um, she can determine the age or historical details surrounding an object simply by touching it. Um, she can freeze or rewind time. So she can go through time? No, no, she can, like, take time back. So, so a little bit, I guess, yeah. A but little not, bit. But, but, but they can't be like, oh, I'm going back to, like, you know... 1725. Oh, right. so like, I'm going to rewind 30 minutes. And... Well, yes. Um, she can take time back by up to, so we see in the series, 24 hours, okay. but no more than that. It's a good rule. So Steel's like, oh, get ready. You're going to take time back, but no more than a day. Um, she can also manipulate people's emotions. She can project illusions. Uh, and when she uses her powers, her irises will usually glow, glow blue. Very, very in like disconnected powers that are nothing to do with each other. Like Whatever's useful. So what she can do? Oh, I can determine the age of things if I touch well, it's it. All, it's all time related. I guess so, yeah. I can freeze and rewind time. That's time. But I can also manipulate people's emotions for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Disconnected from the time thing. Steel. Steel. What does Steel do? Steel can freeze things to near absolute zero. Okay, so he's like Mr. Freeze. But with his hands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He possesses immense strength. Okay, disconnected to the first thing. A a degree of invulnerability. That's not a power. That's that's a bad power. What do you think invulnerability means? Oh, I I read that as a degree of vulnerability. (laughs) But it's like, Like that's not good. He's just a bit of a softie. ah. Like, that's 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 anti power of anything. Okay, fine. A, deg- a degree of vulnerability. Okay. It's just like Steel, are you ready for our next assignment? He's like, oh, I'm feeling pretty <laughs> really vulnerable. Today. Really emotional. <laughs> okay, fine. Oh. He also exhibits telekinetic abilities. All right, yeah. Um he can paralyze people with, just... with a look. Um he can weld metal, weld with, metal. His, with his bare hands, uh, or undo deadbolts with a gesture. What do you mean with a gesture? Just like, you know, bit of bit of <laughs> bit of flair. Bit of flair. A bit yeah. of Anton Dubeck and he just sort of yeah but that's just like five different powers that they just made up like right he's got he can melt he can freeze things yeah he's got massive strength yeah um he can he's got telekinesis yeah and he can paralyze people yeah. and, he, and he can weld <laughs> yeah like okay yeah but like you're not complaining about Superman it's like oh like, but can... Superman is just the best at everything yeah but like what's 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 heat vision got to do with flying nothing but he's the best at everything whereas <laughs> Like most super, name another Marvel superhero. 
Oh, well, that's a DC superhero. I don't care. I'm saying another. Is, oh, no, I, meant, was I meant another Marvel one because oh, Batman's okay. shit. Okay, another okay. Marvel one. Batman's shit. You mean because he's got no powers? Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ! Just another, another. All right, Spider Man. Okay, well, he's only got very specific spider-themed powers. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Iron Man can only do what his suit can do. Yeah. Whereas this guy, he's like the best superhero of all time. By the sounds of it, he can do all the things a Superman can do. Yeah, but you love Superman. I do. I'm just saying. Yeah. Underrated. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Sapphire could do quite a lot yeah. still still right okay okay so I haven't even finished both can also teleport great distances oh wow okay they have telep- telepathic powers okay they can communicate well. telepathically so oh and they can also imbue these powers onto other people so they can temporarily give other people these powers so they're the best superheroes of all time yeah apart from Superman they are the best of all time they yeah. can do all of these things why yeah. No one knows. No one knows. No one knows. But are there other no one knows. elements in the show that can do their own thing? We'll get on to that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, in fact, we'll get on to that right now. <laughs> so <laughs> we also meet. Uh, what can um what can zinc do? We don't we don't meet zinc. Ah, what do you okay. think what do you think zinc should be able to do? <sighs> I don't know, just sort of walk through walls or something. Like yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff you, that would happen in the show, yeah. actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we meet two other elements in the series. Only two. Only two. Yeah. Um in in the TV series. Mm. Oh. Come back to that. Who act as uh, specialists aiding Sapphire and Steel. So they sort of bring people in if they need extra help. Okay. Uh we meet Led, uh, who is a jovial giant with super strength, uh, played by Val Pringle. Uh, so, sorry. Yeah. It's a great name. Val Pringle. Yeah. As a young performer, uh, Pringle was a protege of Harry Belafonte. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Um, we also meet Silver, who is uh, referred to as a technician. Uh, he can transform small objects or even materialize them out of nothing. Um, and he was played by David Collings. Uh, Collings guest starred three times in Doctor Who, uh, playing different parts. He appeared in the final episode of Blake Seven. He played Bob Cratchit in the 1970 film musical Scrooge, wow. and he voiced Legolas in BBC Radio 4's adaptation of Lord of the Rings. So a bit of a cult hero. Yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, he died age 79 in 2020. Uh, the part of Silver had been offered to Olivier Award-winning actor Anthony Cher, uh, who turned it down. Cher is apparently, according to Wikipedia, the favourite actor of King Charles. Okay. Someone asked asked him in uh, in tw- I love that in 2017. Who's your favorite actor? And he, uh, thinking he'd say like without, without think, even... thinking he'd say like I don't yeah. know Bruce Willis. And without he was like skipping a beat and Ant- Anthony Sher. He's like Anthony Sher. <gasps> uh, uh, did you know he turned down the part of of, of Silver and Sapphire and Steel? <laughs> it could have transformed the series. <laughs> so they've already lost one viewer. Charlie Boy's not not tuning in. Anthony Sher. Yeah. Just fucking. Loves, loves just loves Anthony Sher. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there were six Sapphire and Steel stories okay. um, of varying lengths. Uh, none of the stories had on-screen titles, uh, but are usually referred to in home media releases and by fans as either adventures or assignments because Sapphire and Steel have been assigned. So uh, generally they're called like Assignment 1, Assignment 2, and so on. So is this like Doctor Who where they had stories, but it actually was like... Multiple episodes. Ten episodes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so PJ Hammond wrote five of the six Sapphire and Steel stories, uh, though due to Hammond suffering from writer's block, the fifth uh, of the six stories was written uh, was co-written by Don Houghton and Anthony Reed. Uh, Houghton wrote the classic John Pertwee Doc 2 stories, Inferno and the Mind of Evil, as well as three Hammer horror films, Dracula AD 1972, The Satanic Rites of Dracula, <laughs> and The Legend of the Seven Golden Vampires. Uh, while Reed also worked on Doctor Who as script editor and writer between 1977 and 1979, and he adapted, uh, adapted uh, John Wyndham's science fiction novel Chocky for Children's ITV in 1984. 
So let's go through the stories, the assignments, uh, one by one. Assignment doesn't sound very fun, I'm just saying. <laughs> it's, it's bags of it's fun. like you're at school. It's bags, it's bags of fun. Okay. <laughs> so in assignment one, a family, including two children, uh, Rob and his younger sister, Helen, uh, live in an 18th century house filled with clocks and antiques. Oh, trouble. Uh, one night, a nursery rhyme, ring a ring of roses uh, read aloud to Helen, the little girl, triggers a time fracture that takes away her parents and Sapphire and Steel arrive to investigate. Tossed the dog that wanted to cut and the rat took the milk God, I don't have insidious. Helen, keep going. Helen, don't listen to her. Come back upstairs, Helen. It's time for bed. God, they really you know, you freak you out about that, didn't they? You won't get a good night kiss, Helen. Don't look round, Helen. Please don't look round. It's not mama, is it? <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh my God. <laughs> right. I'm I, see what I mean? It's it's clearly of its time. <laughs> it's clearly low budget, but just that little burst. That little... <sighs> and just you... And there's, when she said, that's not mummy, is it? Tom, look... You'll, you'll be able, if you're watching this on, on YouTube, you'll be, able to, you'll be able to see Tom look terrified. <laughs> that was horrible. His eyes widened. Oh, we're, we're, just, we're just getting started, mate. Okay. Just getting started. All right. So that's assignment one. Nice. Assignment two uh, is the longest story of the series at eight episodes and is often considered one of, if not the best, uh, assignment. Uh, in an abandoned railway station, a sinister growing force known as the darkness is feeding on the resentment of the dead, using as its focus Private Sam Pierce, the apparition of a World War One soldier who was shot and killed. Okay. I have something of importance I want to discuss with you. A deal. Well, uh, a transaction. So where are you? I can't very well discuss something of importance if I can't see you, can I? You're here. It's like a high-budget, most haunted episode or something. Well, why not show yourself? We've seen you before. <laughs> it has... Seen it looks like an not. empty pub. We've been to pubs like this. <laughs> so let's see you now. <laughs> it's like no one there. Here, on the stairs, if you like. Neutral ground. He's great, isn't he? McCallum. Yeah. Yeah. No? Someone about him. All right, well, forget the whole thing. I'm in no mood to play cat and mouse. As far as I'm concerned, you're not here. You've gone. You never arrived. The deal is off. Come on, Sapphire. It's not here. It's not interested. So let's go. Let's not waste our time. Uh, Sapphire, wake up. It's time to go. I said, wake up. It's not here. It's not interested. If it is, it's not interested. Come on. It's here. <laughs> Tom looking scared. I said, it's here. God, she's gone on flange as well. <laughs> That's not a good sign. Where? Yeah. Fuck. Her eyes are black. Don't play games with it. It's inside my head. It's inside my brain. I can't see you because it has my eyes. 
It's watching you and listening to you through my eyes. So please don't try to trick it. Fucking hell. I can't see you because it has my eyes. It has my eyes. Horrible. Ugh. Telling you, I'm getting insidious slash um what's the other one? The conjuring vibes. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like a partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of battle uh, evil. Yeah. Oh. Interesting. Do you know what? I was gonna ask you later who should play Sapphire and Steel on a remake. Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson. Vera Farmiga. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. 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 Uh PJ Hammond uh, said of this particular story, which is a fan favorite, uh, the first five episodes were in production while I was still writing the last three. In other words, no one, including myself, had any idea what the ending was going to be while the show was being made. So he was pretty much making it yeah. up as he as he went along. Fair enough. Uh, assignment three in this one a pair of time travellers from the 35th century living in an invisible apartment atop a residential tower block in central London come under attack from a mysterious entity it's our sleeping room our private room we don't expect to be disturbed we want you to tell us something tell you something about the future about the time that you come from we've no objection so if you'd like to wait outside we want you to tell us about the animals animals? yes what animals? The animals that exist in your period. There are no animals. Not there, not anymore. Only in children's books, legends, things like that. But none living? No. Well, we've no further use for them. No animals? Well, no one would consider well. eating their flesh. <laughs> not anymore. No one has for the past several hundred years. What about pets? Yeah. Pets? Domesticated them, animals in zoos. That's the past, the atomic age. That's history. Yes. Anyway, the world, it's better off without them. They were unclean. They were cruel. And most of them carried some kind of disease. Cruel? Yes. What about the scientists? Oh, well, there's that, yes. But that's different. Well, what did they do? Your scientists. Well, creatures that I use, they're, they're not really animals. Not in that state. What exactly are they? Just pieces. Pieces? Yes. Pieces. Kept alive. Oh, dear. It's a bit darker. Yeah, it's the, the angry spirit of animals that have been tortured in labs, breaking through time and <sighs> kicking off. So in Assignment 4, uh, which is PJ Hammond's uh, personal favourite uh, to air mm -hmm. across the programme, uh, it concerns the idea that an entity has found its way into the first photograph ever taken right. uh, and has existed ever since in some kind of parallel realm accessible only through photographs. Every photographic image in existence is a potential way uh, into our world for this being. The entity, known as the, known as the shape, uh, is perceived differently by everyone who sees him, a bit like Camille in, uh, in Red Dwarf, um, but in its true form is completely faceless. Sounds horrible. It is pretty grim. But many, trapped and held by their own reflections. There are 17 mirrors in this house. Yes, now we know where he's hiding. We've got him. No. What do you mean, no? No. Containing him is not enough. Well, it'll have to do for the time being. Until we think of a way of sending him back. Ruth and Williamson were killed by him. He imprisoned them in a photograph and then burned them alive. That must never happen again. Oh, God. Steel's caught in a photograph. No. 
They both are. Yeah. Oh, Christ. <laughs> he is a faceless man. <laughs> Down, which is the way to London Town. One foot up and the other foot down. This is the way to London Town. Fucking hell. This yeah. is this, this is like peak Doctor Who, really, isn't it? Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's Doctor Who, it's scariest. Fucking hell. It's kind of got Ghost Watch vibes. Yeah. That was a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, Faceless Man is one of the most iconic images, I would say, associated with the show. But did, how did he get out of the photo? Oh, they just get out later. Oh, okay. We've not got all the time in the world. Yeah, right. um, so in assignment five, uh, a 1930s themed dinner party uh, is disrupted when a dead man arrives uh, and then one by one, the guests are murdered. God. Yeah. It's like a, a dinner party that's themed 1930s style. It's bringing the past into the present, asking for trouble. Okay. And then there were eight. <laughs> Suicide. The gun is well out of his reach. It's a very clue. Yeah, this one's... There's no reason the one for any of this. Not written by PJ Hammond. It's a bit different, a bit of a whodunit. Okay. Change, the murders, the barrier around this house. It's just very difficult for Miles to pinpoint. If you don't pinpoint it quickly, there won't be any of us left to care. Care, 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 care. Oh, hello. Cliffhanger ending. Wow, okay. And then the final television story. Yeah. Uh, assignment six. Ends on a cliffhanger. Uh, so in this story, a higher authority, again, uh, sends entities known as transient beings uh, to set a trap for Sapphire and Steel in a motorway cafe. Uh, the serial concludes with Silver, uh, who would again join them to assist, being dispatched to an unknown fate. And Sapphire and Steel are trapped in the cafe, floating through space, apparently for eternity. No. That's how it ends. No. <laughs> well, I won't accept it. <laughs> I saw the future. And it was our future. Oh, God. <laughs> Science. Ah. It's the end. All right. But, uh, like, it, it happens every once in a while, but a, a very sort of niche part of this podcast that I enjoy is introducing you to how cult TV yeah, shows end, particularly how they have, if, end. if they have depressing endings like this and yeah. like Blake Seven. Yeah. Great fun. Okay. So PJ Hammond uh, wrote two versions of the final episode, uh, one of which had Silver helping Sapphire and Steel to escape, but the more ambiguous ending was filmed instead. Uh, all the same in her autobiography, Joanna Lumley recalls that this was only supposed to be an end of series, Cliffhanger, yeah, and that Sapphire and Steel would be freed at the yeah. start of the next series. However, rising production costs, uh, Lumley and McCallum's busy schedules, and a restructuring of the program's producer, ATV, are all thought to be factors which led to its demise. Uh, PJ Hammond said, a further series was thought of, but only in a vague sense. During the writing of episode six, I felt like we'd gone as far as we could for the time being, and that maybe the series should be rested, hence the cafe in nowhere. Of course, this would not necessarily have been the end of Sapphire and Steel. I believe that their fate was to spend a number of Earth years in the trap. Uh, this meant that they could emerge again whenever the need arises, perhaps even older. Mm. <laughs> not happy? It's a shame. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. There you go. They're well, elements. They got a, you know, it's, they're not going to feel pain or upset, are they? So. Well, I think they'll feel upset. Yeah. <laughs> a bit aggrieved, a bit, a bit annoyed and bored. Just, yeah. I'm just, oh god. Yeah. You, yeah. Well, they don't age, but they're just oh god, it's yeah. boring. Not, not a lot to do in this calf. Yeah. Uh, there was spin-off material uh, from the TV show. So uh, the first assignment or adventure uh, was novelized by PJ Hammond in 1979, and a comic strip ran for 76 issues of Look In magazine. Uh, between 1979 and 1981. But most notably, between 2005-2008, to 
big finish. Nice. Not got a shower on the podcast for a little while. Uh, the boys are back. Uh, they released three series of Sapphire and Steel audio plays. Though, neither McCallum nor Lumley oh. replies, reprised their roles. Uh, Lumley declined to be involved. Ah. Uh, while McCallum was busy filming NCIS in America, so, so wasn't able to. It's a to. shame. So the title roles were recast, with Steele now played by David Warner. I mean, that's... Good casting. That is good. Yeah, it's good. We've yeah. got a bit of David Warner on this podcast. Uh, and Sapphire was played by Susanna Harker, star of Ultraviolet. <laughs> Ultraviolet. <laughs> Check out episode 109 of Two Geeks, Two Beers for more on that show. But again, if you can't get the originals, that's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty solid casting. Yeah. Uh, David Collings was back, though. He reprised his role as Silver. And we also meet... New elements, including gold, played by Mark Gatiss. Good. Uh, these stories were set after the events of Assignment 6. They finally get out. So they resolved it. So, Good. well, sort of. So it's a sequel to the original series, uh, but no clear explanation was given as to how Sapphire and Steel escaped the trap. Classic Sapphire and Steel. Did a Red Dwarf uh, Series 6 situation. Yeah, exactly. Don't bother explaining it. It's yeah. fine. Uh, but it was implied that they had somehow been freed by, uh, by, by Silver. Fine. Don't worry about it. Unfortunately, Big Finish are no longer selling this range due to licensing <sighs> issues, um, though you can find them secondhand for exorbitant prices. What? So you can't, can't download it anymore? Can't, can't, can't buy them, can't Why? download them. Li- licensing, they're not allowed to but who, sell them. Who anymore. owns it? Uh, I, I guess ITV, some uh, subsidiary of ITV. Don't let them do it and then take it away. Yeah. You can get them secondhand but for literally hundreds really? of pounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a shame. Um, I listened to them at the time. They look great. Yeah. Um, PJ Hammond said he had had discussions with ITV about a TV remake though in, in 2006 uh, but it didn't come to pass. Uh, Hammond felt that modern TV executives didn't seem to quite get the series or, or what it was about or what its appeal was. Uh, he felt that they felt it was important to say where our heroes came from and how they got their powers. But from the very beginning, I had no idea where Sapphire and Steel came from and I still don't know. Ah, I don't matter. He felt like the ambiguity, the mystery, yeah. was all, part of, all part of the fun. Fair enough. Um, in July 2015, Luther creator Neil Cross announced to Variety that he was working on a new series of Sapphire and Steel, so a reboot, revamp. Uh, but in a December 2017 interview, so a little over two years later, with Deadline, he revealed that the project had been cancelled. Uh, Cross said, I was really excited about Sapphire and Steel. I wrote a pilot. I'd love to read that. Yeah. Uh, he said, I was very proud of it. I was excited by it, but it just never happened. It was one of those things. Maybe if we'd pitched it three or six months later, things would have been different. But the brutal truth of Sapphire and Steel uh, is that it was reinventing a show not enough people knew about. Uh, he said the audience of the original show was devoted, but very small, and it was never repeated. So unfortunately, it didn't quite have the fan base for us to do the show, which bodes well for this episode. <laughs> Maybe we'll bring Download it numbers. Yeah, we'll bring it back. This, this is, yeah, this, yeah, this is, this is what will this, this is it. It'll, it'll turn a corner. Uh, as 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 he said, the original show has never been repeated on UK terrestrial television. Never, never. Although it was, it has been aired on digital channels. Right. Um, it is now available to stream on ITVX and BritBox. Nice. Um, and you can still track it down on DVD if physical media is more your thing. So that's that's kind of it. Uh, thoughts. I have to say, <clears throat> I I was worried you were going to be sniffy about this one and be like, ah. And, well, and actually, I'm yeah. gl- I'm glad it sort of creeped you out a little bit. Yeah. No, I think. Um, Got something about it. Yeah, I think the shows of that era, especially when they're trying to make things creepy, like Ghost Watch, yeah. that sort of thing, are weirdly scary. I feel like because they're old. Old school Doctor <laughs> Who is scarier than new Doctor yeah, Who yeah, in yeah. a weird way. Yeah. Um, because of the way it was filmed and and they just didn't give a shit about scaring kids back then. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they just, yeah. They just went for it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now that I know it's more of a supernatural. Yeah. Thing than just another cop show like yeah. the Cagney and Lacey. Yeah. Um. Then yeah, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm on board, and I feel like 
you could there should be some sort of reboot I feel like you could bring it back in some way or another yeah I, um, I I hadn't thought about that. That you're right. It does have those kind of like conjuring and uh, yeah, yeah. Because those, those, they're really popular. Those stories. yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, maybe like, maybe yeah. maybe it should come back as a as a film. Yeah, yeah. Maybe make it an American thing if you want. If you need to for some reason, but yeah, uh, yeah I think it's really good. Yeah, Got a cameo from John Lumley as well. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah, and Callum, bring yeah, it back, yeah, bring yeah. them both back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So as we mentioned, we, we I put out the call. Um, before recording this episode to our followers on social media yeah. at Two Geeks Cast. Um, anyone remember Saffron Steel? Anyone got any memories? Uh, Library Rat on, on Twitter uh, said, classic intro, moody looks, ring a ring of roses with the disturbing child. Oh, yeah. Soldier on a platform station, futuristic house being run by an animal related creature. It's all the things you mentioned. I remember that one being the most disturbing. Love the series. Have it on DVD. Great. Love that. It was just like yeah. bullet points of all, yeah. all the stuff they loved. Yeah, very good. Uh, the Box Tunnel Survivors Group, um, which is a, a, a podcast about being human. Lovely. Uh, I believe. Um, future episode folder. Yeah. Um, said, I've never seen it. <laughs> Thanks. No, no, no. No, they said, I've never, I've never seen it, but Toby Whithouse, who is the creator of Being Human, yeah. uh, mentioned on my pod oh. that it's an influence on him. So I'm looking forward to nice. this episode. So we've got nice. at, least, at least one listener. Good. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> Stephen Grayson yeah. uh, said, uh, do you guys like Mighty Max? <laughs> and yes, we do. Um, Tell you what, that is a great episode. I don't know how we do it though. Yeah. It's, it's, I always want to do things like that, like board games or anything like that. But it, well, there was a cartoon as well of Mighty Max. Not, there was a cartoon. Not related to what we're talking about, but yeah, yeah, Stephen, we will. We will. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah Mighty Max. Yeah. 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 Well, there you go. Thank you. Yeah, we will. Thanks, Stephen. Great. Uh, so that's it for now. Uh, you can find more cult TV retrospectives at twogeeks2beers.com from The Prisoner and Quantum Leap to Goodnight Sweetheart and Games Master. Plus more outings covering off classic films and video games. Uh, you can also follow us on all the socials at Two Geeks Cast, as we said, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter slash X. Uh, we're also on YouTube and TikTok, where you'll find clips from episodes old and new, as well as full-length episodes. Um, we're also getting a brand new little intro made for that. It's very oh, exciting. Flashy. Uh, and please also rate and review the podcast via a podcast outlet of choice where you can also subscribe. You can also become a Two Geek supporter on Patreon, patreon.com slash Two Geeks Cast. You can sponsor the podcast in return. You can get exclusive Patreon-only mini-sodes, outtakes, personalised thank you videos, merch like t-shirts and mugs, loads of great stuff, and much more. And you can also email us, podcast at twogeekstubios.com, with any thoughts, feedback, and suggestions for future episodes, like Mighty Max. Yeah. Uh, well, that's it for now. Time for another drink. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's a cafe open somewhere. <laughs> so I, I was thinking about it as we were as we were chatting just then. And uh, the premise of Sapphire and Steel, of course, is that reviving the past and bringing it into the present can cause breaks in time, cause cause a lot of trouble. So it's a good thing we don't host a podcast that is entirely about re revisiting uh, cult favourites from, from yesteryear. Oh, fuck. It's probably, probably fine.
Smoke weed every day.